Hey ladies, welcome to Yes and Amen, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla's Pearl Dominguez. Let's get it. All right, all right. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Yes and Amen. Uh, today I have a friend of mine. Her name is Daniela Deboule. She actually has a way longer name. Um, that has like, plenty <laughs> other words in it, but I'm not going to say them today. Um, but if you do want to know, I might put them in the show notes, but yeah, she has a- I love when you say them. You're like, <laughs> and, and I literally have her name, like eight names on my phone. Yes, you do. That's, that's how long her name is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Danny, um, for over four years, she served in full-time church ministry uh, as a worship leader, nonprofit director, production director, creative director, outreach director, come on directors, small group director, you name it. She was well-versed on church culture and what the hottest celebrity pastors were saying, but not God's word. The more Daniela read the Bible, the more she realized that she was supporting a watered down version of the gospel and had fallen prey to the Christian pandemic of biblical illiteracy. No longer in alignment with the church theology and leadership she was serving under, she resigned. A self-proclaimed Bible literacy advocate, Daniela writes on her blog and on Instagram to inspire Christians to read the Bible for themselves on a consistent basis. Yes, the pulpit cannot be the only place we hear God's word. The never-changing word of God is what we need to navigate life in an ever-changing world. Yes, this is Danny, y'all. Daniela Deboule. Come on, girl. I am so excited for this. Well, um, Pre, happy month eight of quarantine and social distancing. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. And the reason I did is because when you asked me to talk about singleness, like I think singleness has been even a more prevalent issue now that we are forced inside of our homes and <laughs> don't, we don't have access to people. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I am single, single. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, funny but it's also sad but it's also funny <laughs> right yeah so I'm really really glad to be here and talk about one of my favorite things that I love to talk about <laughs> yes thank you girl thank you for your yes um yeah you know I was telling I was telling Danny earlier I was never really Christian and single um so I grew up in the church but then I left the church in college and I was very single and very not Christian then and then um started you know dating Emmanuel gave my life to Jesus again and, and we got married right so I had never I've really never been Christian and single um so I I've, I hope you know to learn too a lot in this conversation I know I will um because yeah I just think this is such an important thing obviously you know I just feel like I've been married 50 years I haven't but like I've just not been in the single world in a long time and there's just so much to to learn whether you're single or married I think if you're married and you're listening to this like this is this is a good way to like learn how to speak life and minister to your friends who are single and then if you are single both men and women um this is just a place to learn and perhaps even learn new things and be convicted and be moved um to walk in a different direction in your singleness so yeah I'm excited to have this conversation um Danny is the single pro that don't mean you will be single forever I'm just saying you're the single <laughs> pro <laughs> as in you I feel like you are single well <laughs> funny well I mean I think maybe up until recently but we're gonna get into <laughs> oh my god okay well speaking of that uh, the first question is about singleness in regards to 
you know, it's good parts. Like, right, what has been like your favorite part about being a Christian woman um, single in this world, right? I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of challenges, but what has been like your favorite part of this journey? I think for me, my favorite thing about being single is focusing on things that God wants me to focus on. Because the reality is whenever you're in a relationship, you can't just focus on you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every, there is not one aspect of the Christian life. There is not one relationship phase where you ever get to focus on yourself. I think that's probably what we get wrong when it comes to Christian singleness. It's like, <laughs> oh, I get to focus on me. It's like, no, you never get to focus just on you. That's mm -hmm. the antithesis of Christianity. Right. But I think for um, singleness, there's like a difference, right? Like I right now just get to focus on being debt free. I want to be debt free by the time I'm 31. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I get to focus on uh, being healthy in all areas. Mm -hmm. I get to invest really heavily in friendships and in my family. And you know, that honestly changes when you're married. Like, you know, this, yeah. like it's Emmanuel over like everything else. It's like God, then Emmanuel. Right, <laughs> so, right. so for me, it's, it's like God. And I, I have, friends, family, like I get to create a really good foundation yes. or I get into any type of a relationship. And I think that's something that I'm, that I probably didn't learn until COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to the things that we have learned in this season of this pandemic, you know, obviously it has been like grief filled and difficult yeah. and challenging, but like it gave us room. God was like, I'm about to, y'all about to learn. <laughs> y'all yeah. about to stop, you're about to listen, you're about to really say a lot, and you're about to learn. Um, and I think, yeah, what you're saying is so important, because that's the reality, right? Like, when I got married, it wasn't just now my debt, it's our debt, right? It's not just my health, it is our health. Everything yes. is our, which is a good thing and a blessing, but um, it makes it harder, right? Because it's like, well, if I really want to focus on being financially free, but like, you're like, not that excited about it, then yeah. it becomes a difficult thing. Or if there are things that really matter to you and not as much as me, then it becomes a challenging thing to actually meet and glorify God with versus if you're on the path on your own, then there's no one, well, no one really that should distract you or kind of like mess with the things that you're trying to, um, to get done in preparation, you know? So yeah. yeah, I think it's like realizing that your favorite thing gets to be that you get to do it on your own with God. Yeah versus you know like having the challenge of someone else and their sin and their baggage and all the stuff um that they bring which is you know marriage is beautiful but it's still that kind of like challenge in that way even in relationships I think because I know we were talking about that before we were like so either you're single or you're married I'm not necessarily someone who like thinks that I think either you're single you yeah. can be dating you uh -huh. can be engaged and then you can be married yeah. um and then there's people that's just like, no, either you're single or you're married. So it's also kind of like based on where you think, what you think about that, right? Because then that yeah. changes um, the dynamic. There are people that like start planning financially while they're dating. And I'm like, y'all better prepare. I, I didn't mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> but <laughs> I know for me, I couldn't do that. I'm too much of rom a romanceaholic. I'd be like, we're getting married because <laughs> we're financially planning together. I couldn't do that. So that's why right, I'm right. like, yeah. I'm, I'm the person that needs to think I am single. Daniela, you are single. You are not married. Like <laughs> I feel that. I feel. That. I think too, because it's like dating can also end up in a breakup. So I think to take certain steps that seem too marriage-like in dating yes. kind of kills 
the opportunity of what you can yeah. do in dating. Um, yeah. But no shade to people that do that. If you want to start your budget and first month of dating, do your thing. Different. <laughs> Everyone is different. Exactly. Oh, something else. Like I was able to make decisions on like on my own in a sense. Like I had, I would weigh in with my friends and family, but I was able to literally quit my job in ministry on the spot. Yeah. After a staff meeting, I was like, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I had a bit, but then I had no idea where my finances were coming from. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was married, I'd have someone to be answering. Yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, all of that, like I was able to use all the free time to launch my blog. Mm, yeah. Join my mailing list. Yeah. But like, you know, like I, I learned so many different things about myself. Pre, did you know, like, I'm actually an introvert? Mm, I didn't, I wouldn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing well, is, actually, I, no, I would think that because people don't, I'm an introvert too. And people don't think that. So actually there's this thing called ambivert. Yes. So it's like, you know, um, I think I'm, I'm an ambivert, but yeah, I, I think you have energy. Like you have a lot of energy, like in the morning, if y'all don't like the mornings, don't be around daddy, <laughs> <I do not. laughs> but you have a lot of energy, but yeah, I would, I would see you as an introvert. Yeah. And right now I'm just learning to love myself and learn yes. a lot about myself mm-hmm. being oh being in my one bedroom apartment during mm-hmm. quarantine yeah. I have learned so much about who I really am yeah there's yeah. so few distractions it's not like oh I gotta go here I gotta go there like I am home alone and <laughs> all the time yeah yeah and yeah. because of like safety precautions I don't really have people coming in and out of my house but mm-hmm. you know the Bible, I remember there's like this part in the Bible where someone came up to Jesus and they were like, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he was saying, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then the second one was love your neighbor as yourself. And I think it's just really great for single people before they enter into a relationship to really, number one, love God and learn how to love God, create routines and things like that. And then habits of like spiritual disciplines, praying, fasting, reading your Bible, uh, fellowshipping Christian community, godly friends. Mm. Um, And the second one, like learning how to love yourself, because if you don't really learn how to love yourself, it's going to be real difficult to try to learn somebody else in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. And you probably won't end up loving someone else well if you don't love yourself. So you can maybe love them, but it may not be the best way you can do it because there's a lack of like love for yourself that's good yeah I think we look at that verse often of just like in a way of like oh this is how we're to be to Christians but like it's completely relevant in being single too right like acknowledging that that that's a commandment for all people um in all seasons in all circumstances including the single people um yeah and I want to go back to to the thing that you said about the decisions that you get to make I think you know, if I was single, I would say that would be one of my favorite things as well, like a thing to value and enjoy that you get to make decisions for yourself that are um, led by God with no hindrance, right? Or or even actually like approval or um, uh, by someone else, right? I think of, so we actually used to go to the same church. We used to work at the same church. Yeah. Uh, and I also, you know, I left that place as well, but I couldn't just leave I had to have a conversation with my husband and it had to be that he also agreed and we had to come to an understanding then we both had to talk you know to the pastors like it was a very it felt like a longer thing (laughs) 
because it wasn't just my um, decision, right? And I imagine if also if I had kids, that would look different talking, having also having to talk with like the children's director of the church and stuff like that. So realizing too, like the gift of um, that kind of like uh, independence that that happens, although there's there's a gift in that in marriage and making decisions together, but also the gift of like actually knowing what God is saying directly to you and the decisions that you want to make. Um, in your life, right? So, so yeah, so many benefits to being single um, and Christian, but it's also hard. Like you were saying, this year, especially in COVID, I know I have quite a lot of friends that have been going even double hard on the dating apps. And I'm like, I'm not understanding that. Are you meeting the person in person? Are you asking for a COVID result? But um, there's also really hard things, you know, about this, uh, about this season, but specifically in general about being Christian and single. So what would you say are those things? What are the difficult and challenging things about being Christian and single? Well, I would say that the hardest thing, I mean, how about living by myself in New York City in the midst of a <laughs> pandemic? Uh, and having the love language, like my top love languages are physical touch and quality time. Wow. And so, <laughs> but, sorry. You know what I mean? So it's like, let me just hug this pillow and comfort myself. But I think that the hardest thing about being a single Christian woman right now is not settling because there are bouts of loneliness. Like, let's just be real. There are definitely bouts of loneliness because the majority of my friends are either married, dating, or they got engaged. And so I see so many of them find happiness mm -hmm. with their person or maybe like like they're like oh this you know quarantine has been so hard and you know things have been so rough and difficult but I'm so glad to have you to like wake up every morning to and help me through this and I think being single in this season it's you kind of have to have a more reliance on God who you can't really tangibly touch and see or here. And so like words of affirmation, of course, are another, another one of my love languages. So, you know, and just to understand that everyone's going through their stuff as well. And so while a significant other kind of has like a reserved spot to hear you and listen to you and, and spend time with you, like all my friends, they're going through it as well. And so I think the hardest thing about Singleness is not settling just because you're lonely, number one. And you know, cuffing season is we it is among us. Is it a, is is upon us. us. <laughs> <laughs> cuffing season is upon us. Yes. And so, you know, it's just like not even for physical, but just for like an emotional connection, because yeah. sometimes our friends are going through stuff and we're in, a, we're in a season where we're being there for our friend. And you know, friendship, it goes in and out. Sometimes you're the person that that needs to be there for your friend and maybe they can't give something that you need right now. And so I think learning not to settle, like I, sometimes we need a human connection that can be found in friendship, but we go straight for romantic relationships when we're lonely because yeah. it's kind yeah. of like an instant gratification. Yeah. And so I, that's what I think the, yeah. the hardest thing is. I think that too, like it maybe sometimes convinces people that marriage is closer when they go directly into romance, which I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I think people can think that. 
Um, so they're just like, I'm going to skip this part of like actually getting to know you as a friend. Cause I just want to like get married sooner. And so if we're more in like the romantic and dating officially, then that could perhaps happen sooner. Um, and, and I mean, obviously I'm only my experience, but, um, Emmanuel and I were, were best friends for seven years before we got married, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, we're a different situation. We, we met as teenagers, most people that maybe that's not their experience. Um, but look, y'all, look at your friends. I'm, I just be saying, I'd be like, I've been telling people like, look around, look at your friends. Look yes. Less people you texted. Um, Cause sometimes he or she is right there and y'all, y'all friends on them or, and which is fine. Cause now they're a friend, but like, look, <laughs> like look around. <laughs> look again. <laughs> right. Cause I'm just like, oh, we're, we're just best friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you try to see maybe if there's something else there and like, obviously don't push something that doesn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes we're like often looking outside, uh, outside a situation when there's something perhaps, um, around us. And again, obviously I have not been singing a long time. I'm sure it's still very challenging. Um, mm-hmm. but like you said, I think the settling part, um, I've always like heard this quote, it's like we, we settle for what we think we deserve. Right. right. And that's why I think what you were saying before of like loving God and getting to know God and drawing closer to God is the important thing because God is going to tell you um, what he wants for you and, and the kind of relationship he wants for you and the kind of things that he yeah. wants for you and you deserve. Because then if you're not with God, you're going to make them up in your mind. And we know that our mind is a messy, messy place. <laughs> and the Bible constantly tells us that we need to renew it. We yeah. need it to be free. We need it yeah. to be renew, uh, you know, refresh in all the ways because our mind is just mixed up with our experiences, with our trauma, with people's opinions, with, um, uh, with, and um, like non-biblical things we've heard with things that we've heard that are, we thought were biblical, but are not like our mind is just full of so much information um, that it can trip yeah. us just the way our heart can. And so that's why we need to seek God for that, right? To t- tell us like, God, am I settling? Um, yeah. And then in decision-making too, I have, it's funny you were saying most of your friends are like married and engaged. Most of my friends are single. <laughs> uh, I don't have that <laughs> many married friends. Um, I would like more, but I just don't have many. Um, And I think about, you know, the things that my single friends go through in regards to settling, even like um, decision-making, right? Like having sex before getting married or living together or doing, just doing certain things that um, are, is settling, right? Because sometimes I think we think settling is just like, oh, accepting the person as they are, but settling can look also other ways, right? Um, And so being wise in, what what we're settling with and why we're like willing to like accept it um and looking for accountability you know I think we all need accountability in singleness at work in health things all all the things we need um accountability so especially in the hard things in life right and what you're talking about is the difficult things (laughs) um in life and it's so funny because in 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 first corinthians paul talks about i'm always like so intrigued by the scripture because paul is basically saying it's better to not get married like just don't get married (laughs) 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 i'm like i Paul. (laughs) you know he's saying and and but it makes sense you know he he basically is saying though he's like um, cause y'all are wildin', like if y'all are wildin', like sexually and all this stuff. So just get married because y'all don't know how to act. Right. Um, which, you know, obviously he communicated in that way. Um, but we were there with the Corinthian people. We don't know what they were doing. 
Um, but even thinking about, yeah, that scripture of like, um, actually, I want to pull it up. It's first Corinthians. I was about to say, I was like, pre. I mean, we're not as sanctified as you that we have the scripture memorized. <laughs> first Corinthians 7, um, 1. So it says, now in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his um, marital duty to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. I want to make a note of that because sometimes I think as women, we read the Bible, we're like, oh, it's like demeaning us. And like, it's saying we don't like have a right to our body. It's saying the same thing about men, guys. So let's always mm -hmm. read the right the Bible and finish the verse. Thank you. Um, do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again. Uh, otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people, whereas I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has th this gift and another has that. Uh, and so, you know, in thinking like he's, you know, obviously he's talking in this specifically in the sense of like, you know, get married because y'all are being sexually immoral. Yeah. Um, and, and that's in both different ways. But even in that sense of like, <clears throat> I actually personally know some people who have gotten married because they didn't want to sin and have sex before marriage. <laughs> um, right. And, and I, I don't know that experience, um, yeah, but yeah. I do know some people who have done that. And so in just thinking about that, right, like the, the reasons to be single and then the reasons to be married. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would just love to like hear your thoughts on that. And I'm like the reasons why, like the reasons why you're deciding to be single right now, um, mm -hmm. whether you feel like you're deciding it or not. Um, and then the reasons why you feel like pe some people do decide to get married, maybe perhaps like for the wrong reasons. And, um, and I, I think for me, knowing certain Christians, like it is a fear of singleness. So some people literally get married yeah. um, out of a fear of singleness, but which I think, and I'm going to go as, as far as to say that's as much of a sin as having sex before marriage, mm -hmm. because you're, you're fearing something um, and believing that something will fulfill you when God can. Right. So acknowledging that like any and all things that are, are, our sin, our sin, right? Um, so yeah, and in this verse, and just thinking about this is is titled in my 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 scripture saying principles of marriage, right? So how does that look like in um, in singleness, right? And then choosing singleness um, and choosing sexual purity. I don't know if you want to call it purity. The word purity is like interesting in the Christian world, right? Um, but yeah, what do you think about that? All right, so you said a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to go through this because first Corinthians seven has a lot of mm -hmm. information in it. But first I want to say that there is this goal that we have as humans, like a tendency to escape singleness. Mm. And, you know, Paul is kind of giving a completely different mindset. He is saying, in verse seven, I'm going to read this. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. And the gifts that Paul was referring to are singleness and marriage. Like singleness is not this problem and it's not a disease. Right. And marriage is not a solution or the cure. That's like right. God grants both of them as gifts. And I even want to give a little history because 
singleness was highly valued by the early church. Mm-hmm. And even like, even pagans, like the, the Caesar at the time, if you were a widow and you didn't get remarried in, within two years, you were fined. Like it, you, if, you were, if you didn't get remarried in two years, you were fined, but it was different with Christian widows. And they, that's why you hear a lot of times they're saying, please support the widows, support the orphans. And with like single women were just so supported. And you see that throughout scripture. And in verse eight, it says to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. And what Paul is reminding us is he's saying that singleness is a really good condition, blessed Mm -hmm. by God. And he says in many circumstances, it's actually better than marriage. Because if you go a little bit further in that chapter in verse 32 and 34, Paul is saying, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. You know, he's, he's, he's preoccupied and more occupied with the things of God, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided. It's not a bad thing. It's just that the interests are divided Mm -hmm. and the unmarried or betrothed woman engaged is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. And I just want to remind everyone that Paul, the writer of like, three quarters of the New Testament and the epic church planter of the first century church was single. Single! (laughs) And I also want to remind everyone that Jesus, the most perfect man to walk this earth, was single. So why are we all trying to escape like this phase that Jesus himself was in, that these big Christian leaders were in? Yeah. And, you know, in verse 31, the word that he uses is like engrossed, like mm-hmm. you are just so engrossed and preoccupied with the things of God. And like, I was just posting about this, this on the, uh, the other day about how, like, no matter what relationship phase you're in, if you're not engrossed with God, if you're single and not engrossed with God, you're not going to just magically become like more focused on God because you got into a relationship. If God doesn't satisfy you while you're single, he's not going to magically start satisfying you when you're dating. And he's not going to magically start satisfying you when you're married. Mm -hmm. And so you have people rushing into relationships and they discover myself included that the insecurities they refuse to work through with the Lord as a single person are still there Mm -hmm. as they're dating. And if anything, those insecurities are highlighted And this may feel like a tangent, but it isn't. So stay with me. But the whole point of marriage is this really, really beautiful picture of the gospel. Yes. And marriage is a reflection of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. He gave himself up for us and he gave up his power, his glory and became a servant. And he literally died to his own interests and gave himself so that, you know, we could we could be redeemed. And there's like a mutual sacrifice there, right? Like Jesus sacrificed for us and it's a sacrifice for us to follow him. Mm -hmm. But there's also like a mutual fulfillment. So like culture will have us think that marriage is either self-sacrifice alone, like I'm sacrificing all these things, or it's self-fulfillment alone where like I'm getting all these amazing things. And those are just two extremes, right? You have people who are on one, one extreme they're like, you know, if I get into a relationship, I lose all my independence. Mm-hmm. Or there are other people on, who are like, 
you know, really codependent when they're in a relationship. So I just think that Christian dating and Christian marriage is like a reflection of the gospel. And I think if we get that first, like if we're preoccupied while we're single first, Mm -hmm. then we'll really understand, like I've heard from my friends who are married, like there's nothing that matures and stretches character like marriage. Not a thing. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing on the face of this earth. I hear them talking. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, I just think that these two extremes um, are really wrong. Like these mm-hmm. two extremes are wrong. And like Christian dating, Christian marriage is meant to be, like I said, a reflection of the gospel. And if we just learn how to serve God, like Paul is saying, while you're single, it's better to be single because you're supposed, you're supposed to be preoccupied so much with spreading the gospel mm-hmm. and so much with, with God. And I think that whenever someone comes into your life and you're like, wow, this person is also preoccupied with the gospel, then you have two people together where it's mutual fulfillment and mm-hmm. mutual sacrifice. This person now wants to like sacrifice themselves for you. They think of, they think of you first but they're also there there's also like a mutual like enjoyment out of this relationship and you know i just i just think that like our present day idea of singleness because you know i have people who are asking me questions like are you okay like as if like singleness is this phase of just like sadness <laughs> and you know, I, ask your married friends if they're okay actually too. i'm like I have conversations with my married friends about like, they're like, I just need to vent to you for two seconds because my husband is wilding out. (laughs) And you know, like, I'm just like, whoa, because even like with marriage, it's just such a higher calling. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what Paul is doing is, is telling us that both of these are gifts. Like, You don't escape singleness and enter the gift of marriage. Like right. both of them are gifts. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that we understand that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen to all that girl. I think it's so important. You were talking about um, what the early church, what they were doing in regards to their perspective of singleness, because okay. I think the, the reality of like the body of Christ is that church leadership and churches and the church culture that is developed is what spreads around, right? Um, it, throughout the body of Christ, whether it's good or bad, it is what yeah. spreads around it. And it is what creates the standards, the, the culture, the understanding, the common, you know, uh, threads and common uh, agreements. And so, you know, for the churches that I've been a part of in the community, Christian communities that I've been a part of, yeah. uh, marriage does, it very much is centered so much about a goal and people wanting to get there in a way that they're not focused and, and really enjoying there now right but in some ways it's their fault but it's also not their fault because it's what they've seen it's what they've heard there from their pastors that say oh here's my hot wife marriage is the best like stop saying that (laughs) you know like (laughs) like you know these things these 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 this language um and these words that make marriage like glorious and make singleness seem like not glorious right like right and so it's acknowledging um 
you know, that church leadership and churches and pastors and ministry leaders and leaders um, and, and any, everybody and everybody, anybody and everybody in the body of Christ needs to reevaluate what we think and what we see uh, and what culture we have developed yes. when it comes to relationships, when it yes. comes to friendships, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to uh, pastoral to congregate relationships and vice yes. versa, when it comes to, um, you know, singleness, when it comes to dating, when it comes to engagement, there's just, I think, so many wrong perspectives and yeah. all, honestly just unbiblical perspectives of so many of these things so it's really like us as a body of christ like getting on our knees and asking god to renew our minds and and to forgive us forgive us for placing yeah. this like false um ideology idolatry and under and thinking yeah. um to especially uh early and baby christians because if, if you get that idea from the moment you become a Christian, then that's going to be your foundation. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. going to know. And if you learn opposite, then you'll think that's wrong. <laughs> you know, you'll be like, right. oh, no, marriage is the goal, Mar like all this stuff. And instead of like really enjoying the now, um, especially based on age wise, I think, especially our generation is so focused sometimes on like what has to happen at certain ages. Um, and that itself too is a disservice to, to people because then yeah. what they're doing is that they're thinking they're late to the game or something like that. I was, yeah. I was talking, uh, you know, to like a few, like family, like a family of mine of like, you know, about like, uh, having a baby and like how I'm taking so long and when I'm just like yeah I say that about when I got married right I feel like I got married pretty young I was engaged at 23 married at 24 um but it's just you know it's so many perspectives also on age right and what has to happen at a certain age like if you're getting close to 40 and you're not married that's it you're never gonna get married right 40 is not even half of most people's lives <laughs> like <laughs> most people live to like 90 something so yeah, I think it's just such a renewal of mind, asking God to really renew our mind, asking God um, to reestablish um, truth in yeah. the church and what is communicated about relationships, about marriage, about sex, um, about sin, about holiness, um, all in relation to relationships and yeah. not just having sermon series um, in February around Valentine's Day and things like that. Like, Girl. Girl, I, like, you know what I'm saying? First of all, February should be dedicated like to about relationships. February should be dedicated time. to Black history. Don't be talking about Valentine's Day or no love. Black history. <laughs> so By that time, cuffing season is done. We done made a whole bunch of mistakes. Hello? And now you, you late. You late. <laughs> Back, now right? I'm trying to repent. Like, Right, right. And so even that, right, like churches want to be so relevant, be relevant to, to, to timing, right? No, don't, don't necessarily be relevant to like the world's calendar, but like be relevant to like timing, to like what are people experiencing in different seasons? Most, most weddings happen in the summer. That means you should have a service series on marriage in the spring and preparation for the people that are about to get married. Like think about those kind, you know, thinking about those kinds of things versus like trying to be relevant in other ways, right? So yeah, I think the, the church needs a renewal, you know, in, in thinking of certain things when it comes to relationships and relevancy, um, yeah. just to be I a mean, better service to the body of Christ. Yeah. Like pre, like I was saying before, we were in full-time ministry together mm -hmm. and we have seen with our own eyes, how Christian community diminishes the ministry capacity of people who are not yet married. Yeah. And before what Paul was actually saying is that single people have more capacity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you were even talking about pastors with their hot wives. Let's, 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 let's stay there for a little bit. 
I mean, I've also seen pastors kind of perpetuate this idea of like a hurried hunt, like a desperate mm-hmm. hunt mm-hmm. rather than an intentional pursuit yeah. to get people married. And yeah. it kind of feels like when you're in church, it kind of feels like eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ha- have you heard pastors describe the way that they meet their wives? Most of the time, the pastors will say that their wife didn't want anything to do with them, but they were like, no, I saw her from across the room. She was worshiping and I knew. God told me she was my wife. wife. <laughs> that was my wife. And that's when God told me I was supposed Forgive to. Me. I can't. But you like it's like the majority of these stories you're like well my story's not like that then maybe yeah. I'm not and so I think what for me personally something that I have had to unlearn in church culture is that like men who pursue me intensely after just meeting slash seeing me they don't always want me right they are trying to escape singleness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I have experienced this firsthand and I used to think that if a man relentlessly pursued me and like didn't take no for an answer or maybe he was really quick to be like you're my wife then it meant that he was a leader and that he was like spirit-filled and God was talking to him Mm. and I just the thing is though that like godly men don't act as if another woman is in their entire universe and that if she's not in his life like he's nothing without her right and past church leaders and teachings have taught me to believe that this behavior is chivalrous and Mm -hmm. you know after all like a pastor's trying to get his church married the majority of churches are single yeah (laughs) i get it but what this behavior like this kind of hurried hunt behavior reveals a man who probably needs his ego to be fed and it's not always men it's sometimes it's the other way around where a Mm -hmm. woman is trying to like trying to get into a relationship so man or woman yeah whenever someone's trying to hurry to be in a relationship, this is a red flag. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the church, like you were saying before, like you and Emmanuel started off as best friends. Yeah. And I think what the church needs to promote is friendships. Yes. And wait, 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 not situationships. Right. Not <laughs> because I have lived in that world for a very long time. Yeah. And I do not wish that upon anyone. Mm-hmm. But like not friendships where you don't know what's happening and you're like I don't know if like like what's going on like I I don't know and then you're confused and you're you're like googling how to know like seven that's not a person I like to (laughs) like (laughs) but an intentional pursuit right where like the guy has prayed about it he knows who you are he knows your values has hung out with you as a friend and he tells you how he feels and he begins it with friendship Mm -hmm. and I think the church acts as if being single is like being benched and you know we're like on the JV team we're in like coach like we're in second class and like being Mm -hmm. married is like first class and Mm -hmm. you know being in the game but they're just both very good conditions Mm -hmm. and the bible says that the more you read the bible the more you see that and we shouldn't we should not be overly excited by getting married or overly fearful of getting married because Honestly, Christ is the only spouse who can truly fulfill us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I was thinking what you were saying, I just kept um, the Galatian scripture kept coming in my head of like, one of the fruits of the spirit is patience. Yeah. And so if a a man will be patient, right. And not just like for you, but also patient to hear from God, patient to be clear in his next steps, patient in what decisions to make and be wise. Same thing for a woman. So if they're not 
uh, showing that fruit of the spirit, uh, perhaps they don't have the spirit that comes from the fruit <laughs> that come, that comes from that fruit, you know? So you. it's like, just, it's such, um, I, I think both marriage, tell me too. Like, <laughs> I think both marriage and, um, singleness also requires just a lot of wisdom and discernment and patience. Um, because nothing necessarily should be done abruptly or quickly. Um, for any reason, right? For just like for any reason. And so I think in just like being, um, asking God to develop those, those fruits in us yeah. in order for us to be prepared, like be prepared for what it is that we want to do and get done. Um, okay. So yeah, I wanted to move into testimonies and in this podcast, we always talk about testimonies just because testimonies, um, encourage other people, defeats the enemy and being reminded that God is at work and God has mm-hmm. done many of things in our life. Um, and, and I think we always have to remember testimonies are not to be compared, right? That just because right. someone experienced something doesn't mean it's going to happen to you exactly, but it's just another way to re- be reminded of what God does, what he can do, um, with, with a person or a circumstance or situation. So yeah, um, Danny, I would love to hear uh, a testimony you have around singleness or what your experience has been like that, what God has done in your life through it. So, um, you and I are native New York, New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a high school boyfriend that actually loved me so much, bless his heart, that he chose a school in Florida near the college that I went to just so he could like be with me. But I know, I know. But the really sad thing is, (laughs) let me stop laughing. This is not funny. The really sad thing is that we ended up breaking up like months into my first semester. Mm. And I just realized like, wait a minute. I had a moment because I went to a private Christian school. There were like 40 people in my class. Mm. And when I went to just like a larger school with 3,000, 4,000 people. I know that's not a lot to most people, but I went to just such a larger school. I was like, wow, there are so many different experiences and different people. And just realized that like, oh my goodness, there's so much out here. So we broke up and I was a late bloomer. So all throughout college, I did not date like at all. And it is either maybe I was interested in someone and they weren't interested in me back or someone was interested in me and I was like "Mm, no and that actually had me really annoyed because girl I was like prime like wedding season like this is the place you're supposed to get married I was oh yeah in bible college oh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. right so everyone Everyone, like all the men on campus are either worship leaders, they want to be a pastor. If they're studying business, they want to, they want to enter the business field for the Lord. Like they want to be in ministry and it just wasn't in the cards for me. And I, I kind of was like annoyed about that, but I, I graduated. And then two years after I graduated, when I was 25, I finally had my first adult friend. And it lasted less than a year. And I just kind of found myself in like many situationships until I was honestly until last year, mm-hmm. like just, just like little situationships of like, um, you know, because you maybe see one thing, like just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean that we're equally yoked. And that's something that I've like really had to learn in myself and even like fulfillment in the Lord. Like I, 
this year I was able to make a lot of decisions with a sound mind because I felt more fulfilled in God that I've ever had ever and it prevented me from you know succumbing to a man who is just like yo I I think you're great like da 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 and I was able to just be like let's pause for a second like do you, would you like to be friends? And like, I've even committed to like a three month rule for my myself this year. I know that people in the world, they have what Steve Harvey has, what like a three month rule of don't have sex or something like that. And so I have my own three month rule of, you know, just valuing friendship over any kind of romance. Mm-hmm. So like anything that I would not do with my daddy or my brother, mm-hmm. I will not do with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have great conversations on the phone. I'm on the phone with my dad for an hour sometimes talking about, you know, the election, whatever, having great conversations with my brother. Mm-hmm. So I can talk to someone and like get to know them mm-hmm. and we can hang out. But anything that would be, would border the line over friendship into romance, I'm really committing myself to not enter there because I just know myself. I call myself a redeemed romanceaholic because <laughs> I just love, like, I just love all the romance. Like, I am the biggest romantic ever. But I've had to really stop myself and kind of ask God, what does attraction really look like for me? Mm. Like, am I attracted to someone because of the attention that they're giving me? Am I attracted to someone because this just feels really great and this feels good? I have someone to talk to. I have someone to hang out with. Like, attraction on all levels. Like, am I actually attracted to... person that God is molding them to be do do they even have a vision for themselves of who God wants them to be and girl truly committing to build a stable friendship with someone that you like is like the hardest thing in the world and it is trust (laughs) right and honestly like it has helped me so much Mm -hmm. to just not make poor decisions because honestly like I would be a virgin today Mm -hmm. if I if I had done that Mm -hmm. like I if I had just decided to not choose to enter into like these feel-good feelings and fiery romance like I would still be saving myself for my husband and yeah I know that God forgives Mm -hmm. and God has renewed all of that and transformed and I can't wait you know in the future but all of that passion puts love goggles on and then you realize like a month or two, like, how did I get here? I don't, I don't like this person. So yeah. that's, that's something for me that I've definitely, like, I just value friendship in a relationship so much. And I also value friendship with, um, with my girls. Yeah. Like, I have learned to surround myself with people who make me holy as well as happy. Mm-hmm. And it's painful in the best way possible. <laughs> There's been a lot of refining when, I'm like surrounding myself with people who want the best for me and they call me out. Like sometimes because I have love goggles on, I'll be like, but he did. And they'd be like, no, Daniela, like you are totally interpreting all of this very, very wrong. <laughs> and you know, it's wild because I feel like I can make the, the, the best decisions in so many areas of my life, but like love goggles is something that happens to all of us. And so for me, like the largest part, I feel like the the true shift of my testimony was me learning to invest in godly community and be really honest with my best friends. Like I have my friend Liz, she's a therapist and sis does not hold back. 
Like Mm -hmm. she will tell me things that are just like, no, what you're saying right now, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to yourself so that you can continue to be in this relationship Mm -hmm. and this situation And you know what I mean? Like she can just call it out and that's what God wants for us. Like that's what the church is supposed to do for each other. And investing in godly community is a lifelong investment. I'm, I'm learning that like when I'm interested in someone, my friends can tell me no, and they can nip it in the bud. And so much heartache is just eliminated. Just that involving my friends in the talking stage, because I think what I've done in the past, which put me in all those situationships is I would like someone and then be like, Hey guys, this is my boyfriend. And they would be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought y'all were just friends. (laughs) And what I've learned is that who I date and who I marry is not a decision that belongs just to me as an individual. Mm. Like I'm in a community and there are people who, who have my best interests at heart. Yeah. And that's like the biggest part of my testimony to keep me as a, rom- a redeemed romanceaholic Amen. to those into into those pitfalls. And I want to close by saying, that like, at the end of the day, I do want to be married. It's a desire that I lift up and pray about to God. And I can meet someone and walk down the aisle in a couple of years because God is good. And I can also never have another date ever again. And guess what? God is still oh so good. Amen. And so I've truly come to a place where I, I, I feel fulfilled no matter what. And I, I'm so grateful. Like I know that this pandemic has caused a lot of pain for people, but for me, it's been a painful like refinement process Mm. and it has caused me to draw closer to God in my singleness and has caused me to see things with Holy Spirit eyes rather than just you know, seeing things as how my flesh or like how Daniela wants to see them. Mm-hmm. And um, there's that, uh, there's that, um, oh my goodness, just like the desires of my heart, right? Like the desires of my heart, I feel are even being transformed. Amen. And so my testimony involves a lot of heartache, mm-hmm. a lot of decisions that I've had to repent, but you know, repentance is not just about, repentance is not just about feeling bad and saying, I'm going to try not to do that ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at how David writes in Psalm 51, when he messed up with Bathsheba, his repentance was one where he was able to just be grateful for his salvation. The fact that he can go to God in repentance. He even made a commitment to lead others to repentance. There's Mm -hmm. a part where he says like, and even other sinners, they're going to come to you because of the way that I'm repenting. Mm-hmm. And his repentance was also something of joy. Yeah. And so to any, everyone out there who maybe, you know, your past is from, from the virgin to the, to the one who's had to like repent so many times because of the decisions that they've made in relationships. Um, I just want to encourage you all that God has his best for you and you are right where you need to be. Like your timeline is you're not behind, you're not late, you're not too ahead, you didn't jump the gun. Like be right where you are right now and spend time with God and he is sovereign. We don't mess up his plans. (laughs) 
we don't mess up his plans. Mm-hmm. So don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. Don't feel like you're behind. Don't feel like you're ahead. Like mm-hmm. just really feel like you're his. That's yeah. it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Danny. I think to like wanting to like uh, go through like three points kind of that I feel like I learned and that like I feel was like in the focus of our conversation of like first of like being present and enjoying your singleness Absolutely. Um, and remembering that it's not about you and trying to like get ready or you know become a better person it's like be be, be holy and get close to God yeah right? um and then two is yes desiring like that honeymoon phase of the beginning of a a relationship but focusing more on a friendship before that yeah Uh, that i would say even makes that honeymoon phase whatever people want to call it um even more beautiful and even more valuable and even more um enduring right it will last longer likely if y'all are friends first yeah Uh, and then three is accept love um in the form of friendship and accountability Uh, i think we were saying of like of like your friends i think sometimes Um, as a society, maybe even as our generation, we are very sensitive to like what our friends say to us and like, especially the direct friends, but like really keeping reflecting and being aware that like this friend loves me and she wants the best or he wants the best thing for me. They wouldn't say this to make me feel bad. They wouldn't say this because they want me to like have a terrible life. They want me to have a good life and abundant. And so they're saying this because they love me, even if I don't want to hear it, even if it doesn't sound nice they love me. And so being willing to listen to friends and family that are, that are godly, that are sound. Um, even if it's, you know, even if it doesn't, maybe they could have said it nicer, but it's not about that. (laughs) It's about that they love you and they're just trying to, um, you know, speak life into you and the best for you. So yeah, I think it's just like really trying to do those things and being in the word, the Bible talks so much about singleness, about relationships, about friendships, about marriage. Um, and also the, even the last thing that, um, for us as a whole body of Christ to renew our understanding of relationships, renew our understanding yeah. of singleness for, um, ch- if you're a church leader listening to this or a pastor, um, to, you know, try to examine, be reflective of the, what you've communicated from the pulpit before or, yeah. or one-on-one conversations before and being willing to repent and being willing to say, Hey, that was wrong. Or, Hey, yeah. that that's not the way we should think about it. Um, because yeah, the future of our, of our, our world and the community and, and, babies, future babies and future marriages are depending on that, on dependent on that um, foundation and that clear understanding. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just so important. I'm so glad I learned so much. Um, I got a lot to share now with my single friends, hey. which is 90% of my friends. Um, <laughs> so shout out to my single friends, but yeah, thank you, girl. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your testimony, your thoughts, um, your experiences. Um, and just for your honesty, I think it's just, yeah. Oh, bless plenty um, of folks. And y'all, if you're listening and you got some single people in your life, make sure you share this with people. Um, because yeah, it's just, we get, we can never not, we can never like stop learning we always continually should right. be learning and we get to share what we know and what we learn with the people that we have in our lives yeah. um so danny please share with us where people can find you where they could follow you and all the things all right so i am on instagram and twitter as danny d boulay d-a-n-i-d-e-b-o-u-l-a-y and then the link for my blog I'm just going to say that it's in my bio, my Instagram bio. Yes. So you can follow me there and then subscribe to my mailing list. But Pri, I just want to honor you because what you're doing here is just so beautiful to talk about things that people don't normally talk about in very, very candid and real ways and to share truth and to 
provide community, you're one of the best community builders I know. (laughs) I love that you're doing this even when everyone is at home. You're trying to build community when people are like in different states all across (laughs) the United States. So just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm so excited to how yes and amen and all the we are full, all the the 20,000, 50, 11 things that you're doing. I'm so excited (laughs) how God's going to work through you. Thank you, Danny. I love you, girl. I really appreciate you. Um, And yeah, y'all, what she just shared in regards to where you can find her will be um, in the notes of the episode. So make sure you follow her. Her, She is an incredible writer. Her um, blogs are amazing. We can't wait for her book. Stay tuned for that. I don't know when that's going to be, but in Jesus' name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, y'all. Have um, the best, best day. Hey ladies, I hope that conversation blessed you and you're able to apply a few things that you learned into your everyday life. God is with you and we're so excited that you get to continue to grow in your faith. Make sure you check out other episodes if you haven't already and be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a rate and review and make sure to follow us on Instagram at yes and amen podcast. See you next time.